Now when we get beyond the zero, rapid change occurs with the dramatic rising and the dramatic conquests of Alexander the Great and the establishment of the Greek Empire. Alexander was from Macedonia, which is a northern part of present-day Greece. In little more than a year, Alexander the Great overran Asia Minor, countries that today are circled around the Black Sea, the Aegean Sea and the Eastern Mediterranean region. His conquests continued to spread rapidly and even penetrated into Northern Africa, Western Asia and continued over what remained of the Persian Empire until it eventually reached even into India. But the important point to note is that wherever Alexander went, wherever the Greeks went, they planted Greek culture. The Greek language became commonly spoken throughout the whole region and remained so right up into New Testament times. And it continued in spite of the rise of Roman power at the time in the run-up to the appearance of Jesus. People in local regions still continued to speak their own languages and in fact the Jews of Jesus' time in Palestine spoke Aramaic but they also usually spoke Greek as well and the New Testament was written in Greek. Now Alexander died at, in some sense at the height of his power in 323 BC but the vast empire was divided amongst his generals. In the early days after the breakup there were four dominant leaders. But the power struggle amongst them and with others continued for the next 20 years. By 301 BC there were three main sectors in the divided empire. One in the west centred around Macedonia and two in the east centred around Egypt in the south and Syria in the north. At first what we would call Palestine was within the Egyptian sector where each of the Greek rulers took the name Poltemy under whom the Jews had a reasonably peaceful existence. During this time, in the recently built city of Alexandria in Egypt, a group of about 70 Jewish scholars translated the Hebrew Bible into Greek. That's the point it happened. The translation became known as the Septuagint, named after the 70 who translated it. In New Testament times, both Jews and Christians used the Septuagint as well as the Hebrew Old Testament. When the New Testament writers quote the Old Testament, they are usually quoting the Septuagint rather than making their own translation from the Hebrew. During this time, wherever the Jews settled, they built synagogues. These were the centers for prayer, worship, teaching and fellowship, but also the administration of local Jewish affairs. The synagogue leaders became the acknowledged leaders of the local Jewish community. The chief elder was known as the ruler of the synagogue and we see that term used in Mark chapter 5 and Acts 22. These elders had the power to punish wrongdoers even to the extent of flogging them or expelling them from the synagogue community. Although the Jews were ruled politically by Rome in the time of Jesus, many local features of the Jewish way of life went on throughout and during the Roman occupation. Now, during the time of someone called Antaeus IV Epiphanes, who was a Greek-influenced king who reigned from 175 BC until his death in 164, now he mistakenly believed that the Jewish people were rebelling against him. He therefore invaded Jerusalem and killed Jews in their thousands and made other slaves. He also burnt the Jewish scriptures and forced Jews to eat forbidden food and forced them to work on the Sabbath day. 
he set up a Greek altar in the Jewish temple and then, using animals that the Jews considered unclean, offered sacrifices to the Greek gods there. To Jews, this was the ultimate horror and abomination. The prophecy of Daniel chapter 11 that the abomination that makes desolate seemed to many of the Jewish people of that time to have been fulfilled. But Antiochus failed to realize that the Jews were zealous for their religion and they would not stand idly by and allow him to destroy it. The Jews' fight for religious freedom began with a priest named Matthias. He had five sons, all known as the Maccabees, after Judas Maccabee, his oldest son and the leader of the group. They escaped from Jerusalem, put together a small army and began to carry out surprise attacks against the force of Antiochus. The attacks were so successful that after about three years the Maccabees had overthrown the pro-Greek party of Jewish priests in Jerusalem and cleansed and rededicated the temple, which they did in 165. From that time on the Jewish people celebrated this great event in an annual feast called the Feast of Dedication, which we see referenced in John chapter 10. And these events are recorded in two apocryphal books from the Old Testament called the Books of Maccabees. Now these Maccabees carried on the war in spite of some Jewish opposition and after 20 years they finally won their Jewish independence in 143 BC. So after 450 plus years under Babylonian, Persia and Greece, the Jews were free again. However, even though they were free, they were now very clearly divided and they were under the domination of two major parties. And this is where we see the beginnings of the political culture into which Christ appears. On the one side were the pro-political priests and leaders, who would later be known as the Sadducees. These were people who were wealthy, powerful and were favoured by the local rulers. On the other side were some very anti-political traditionists would later become known as the Pharisees. They were often poor economically and they were, had relatively little political power but they were favoured by the common people. The difference between the two parties increased as each developed its own unique belief and practices.